listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. Welcome to episode 106 of the Testudo Times podcast, where even though at this point it was, what, 10 days ago, I still think the best thing that happened in Maryland sports since we last recorded the show, Thomas, was Red Panda, because it only is, especially now on this show, that it's a running joke. Absolutely. And I think the um, halftime show after that was Jim Gymkhana, which is always a hit. Um, yes. And so, so Maryland is on a very good roll. Does it, uh, both in playing something? home games and getting good halftime shows. Does it does it say something that the halftime shows are better than the actual games themselves? Not even because Maryland won both of its both of those last two games. I know they did, but even then, it's like. But have you seen the attendance <laughs> at these games? I think most people have decided that either a they like the halftime shows better, or b maybe like most people on Twitter, they've sort of given up. Yeah, it's been weird. I mean, because Xfinity's still kind of mostly filling up but it's not actually filling up which i think is is largely just due to front runner yeah fans kind of yeah fans generally just have gotten used to winning and don't really want to go if they don't think they'll win well they still which win even though these games they'll yeah that's the thing is they still win at home they're still a very good team at home but i don't know it's just Something a little bit else. of apathy seems to be setting in from there. Ah, uh, yes. Apathy is the worst thing you can be in sports. I've always said that. The worst thing you can make me in sports as a fan is apathetic. Not viscerally angry because I still care, but apathetic is absolutely the worst thing that you can be. Uh, but we should say something here. That the last time I think that we had somebody else on the show other than just you and me, Tom, it might have been like a month or two ago. Thankfully, we have somebody now to help us well, our anger or fear or apathy for Maryland athletics right now. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. We've missed another person on this show for a while. I have to be honest. While Thomas and I could do a very good job, uh, it gets kind of boring when it's just us two talking. It's fair. I'm glad to, uh, to lighten the mood hopefully a little bit. We'll get a third person in here. And break up the monotony. It's not that Thomas and I aren't very good friends and we like talking about Maryland stuff, but it, sometimes we want to have somebody else in here to make sure that we aren't, you know, crazy and boring everybody listening to this show. So we've been about 10 days or 12 days since we recorded. It's been a while. A uh, lot has happened since, but Thomas, in many ways, a lot has happened, but nothing has happened because the story we have been talking about on this show really since the turn of the new year hasn't changed all that much, particularly with the men's basketball team. It's basically everything there ever was and has been. Yeah, uh, they're good at home. Can't win on the road for some reason. Reasons are slightly different. I have the reasons. Your checklist, though, was fantastic, by the way. If you haven't read the checklist, thank you, sir. That was very creative. I like that a lot. Uh, the reason why I have decided is that Maryland, in the last three years with Melo Trimble, was preposterously and unnaturally good in close games. They always won them, even when they had no business winning them. This year, they are preposterously bad in close games because the fates are evening it out. I don't even know if it's evening it out. I think, you know, guys, a lot of them are used to having Melo Trimble. And no one's, you know, even Cowan is just not, just hasn't been able to do that part of what Melo did. Well, um, I think that's an unnatural ability I don't even that think he had. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, there, there's just not a lot of guys that can do that. And so it's unreasonable to expect really anyone to just fill that part of it. But By yeah, they've been, luck, they've been kind of preposterously of bad in closing them. Oh, absolutely. You know, their last five road games, really only one of them you look at and you're like, well, they really should have lost that. And that was at Purdue. Um, and even then they were closer than they should have been. Yeah, and, and then the other four, the, you know, the other four of the last five home games have been two possessions or less. I mean, Michigan was what? A busted inbound play. Indiana, they still had a chance to tie it at the buzzer with a three. Penn State, they lost by four. And Nebraska, they had a chance to take the lead late, and they lost by four. It's just like, you know, it almost makes you wonder if it isn't fate. Because by dumb luck, they should have won one of these games. Now, yes, they did win the Illinois game by dumb luck earlier in the season, but that was two-plus months ago. A lot has changed for Maryland since then. And as we say, I, I still think they should have won one by just virtue of 50-50 odds at some point. It's just amazing that they haven't found a way to pull it out. And luck is a part of it, of course. But, I mean, you have to say at this point, there's something else going on here when you can't find a way to win close games on the road. And let's be honest, Maryland hasn't played many close games at home. But even then, they've found a way to be a little bit better. Yeah, they, I mean, I think it's a lot of it is just, you know, the energy is in the building. And when all the people in the building are rooting for you, it helps. Um, they, you know, Turgeon's talked about they're just not deep enough to win on the road. I guess what that means is so many 50-50 calls go toward the home team. And so Maryland's getting in foul trouble and they just don't have the depth to overcome that. Well, also, I don't, if we're going to I don't even think that Nebraska game. Well, I think it's part of it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's an issue. But when you get to a game like the Nebraska game, when Anthony Cowan had an uncharacteristically off night, he was not anywhere near himself. And they were saying on the broadcast fatigue. And I think it was Robbie Hummel who said, and I agree totally. Anthony Cowan has to play basically every minute of every game. So by the time you get to an end of game situation where you're relying on him to do a lot, especially when you have no depth, well, you're just going to expect him to kind of lose his edge and make a mistake at the end. And that's been a problem for Maryland at the end of these games. They're just making very unfortunate mistakes. Like the chance they had to take the lead, that was just a horrible possession. And the thing is, when you look at that overall, and then you say Kevin Herter's in foul trouble, but it's somebody every night, they don't have the depth to compete with that. And they're not going to rely on Jared Nickards or Deion Wiley to hit a shot that they don't often hit to make a play late in a the game. They're going to rely on their horses, and when the horses are gasping for air, you can understand and see why how on these close games on the road, it's just not going their way. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much all that, and even then, it still feels kind of unlucky. Well, yeah, of course it does. I mean, you would always feel unlucky when your team can't find a way to win close games because close games in basketball, I think more than any other sport, are just pure toss-ups because you can run great offense, right? And yet you could still miss an open look. So that that I mean that's why I guess it feels preposterously unlucky, and it, it it certainly has. I mean, after the Nebraska game, I mean Jared, I think we're all kind of expecting Maryland to lose these close games now on the road because they haven't found a way to win them yet. And as Thomas wrote with that checklist, pretty much. Six or seven of the things happen, and Maryland loses in these games. And it now feels like you're watching these games kind of like by clockwork. But in this game, Maryland was never down by more than seven, but they never led at any point in the second half except when it started. It kind of adds to this whole just atmosphere of maybe this team now 
thinks it can't win on the road, which once you think you can't do something in sports, you can't. It can be frustrating, I guess, at times to watch just from uh, you know a standpoint of of wanting to see like good basketball. You know, the scoring droughts are frustrating to watch. Uh, the lack of rebounding can be frustrating to watch. Turnovers uh, and the turnovers, you know, but you would have to think just kind of, you know, eventually they're going to have to win a close game. I, you know, I don't know when that'll happen, but You've got three I games mean, left to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just it's one of those things where, you know, arguably the best player on the team has been hurt all season. You're down to like. Uh, what seven or eight scholarship players one of which is sean obi um who yeah. you know from the times we've been able to talk to him is a nice guy but you know can't just physically can't play you know a huge role on a team and you know it's just kind of been been a wash this season and you know that's that's frustrating i guess for fans and it's frustrating just you know from wanting to see good basketball um so, you know, I get all the, the outrage and everything, but I also think, you know, people need to maybe take a step back and just realize some of the circumstances and, and you know, just basically, you know, throw the season out the window. You are asking the impossible, sir. Yeah, I know. Have seen my Twitter mentions lately? Anyway, I, yeah. It, it's, it, it's impossible to get Maryland fans to do that. And I understand it, especially because you've made the tournament the last three years. But even... If this team was fully healthy, Thomas, we talked before the season about this team being like an eight or nine seed in the tournament. It's not as if they were going to set the world on fire. And then when you take away two really important contributors in a position where Maryland wasn't exactly deep to begin with, then you find yourself in big trouble. But I think it's emblematic of how these games are going for Maryland that Anthony Cowan looks so frustrated. Because we saw that the Indiana game when he was committing turnovers and taking bad shots. But in this game, it, it seemed really really evident and Anthony Cowan is a very good college basketball player and when this Maryland team gets good presumably that's next year he's going to be really good again but he's frustrated because a he has to play all this time because Maryland has no depth in the backcourt and b team's figuring out how to guard him now and he can't get to the 10 as much as he'd like he's not getting to the foul line as much and he can't really facilitate the offense because teams are defending him and he just doesn't have many options to go to and if you really want to look for an emblematic signal of what has been going on for this Maryland team, I think Anthony Cowan's probably the player you look to and say he is looking frustrated and he's playing frustrated. And you really can't blame him. You can't. And it's one of those because he, much like the rest of Maryland, he has, you know, so many moments. Like he'll hit, you know, a 30-footer or he'll do a, a couple, you know, crazy driving layups every game. Or he'll make a pass that you can't imagine like a person would make. And but he'll still just play frustrated. And because it's, you know, a number of calls maybe not going his way. You know, it's it's just a not missed, as easy as a missed open look here. Missed open look here. Kind of a four shot there. And it's it it all kind of adds up, especially when you play as much as he does. I don't really think it's as much fatigue but i think you definitely do you know get a little tired over the course of a full game especially when you play the whole time combine that with the frustration and it it does make sense that he's not playing his best um when when maryland needs it and it is unfortunate 
Well, you have it in every game. It's something. Like, even against Northwestern, when Maryland destroyed them, which showed you that they are not a bad basketball team. I mean, Northwestern's not very good this year, but Maryland, you can beat anybody in your conference by 20. doesn't really matter who it is. You're not a bad basketball team. They've shown that they are capable, which is important in many ways. But, you know, in this game, Bruno Fernando was amazing against Nebraska, for instance. But Kevin Herter sat a lot of the second half with four fouls. You know, and in other games, it's somebody else. And Michael Tchaikovsky's come back, but he's not Michael Tchaikovsky. You know, he isn't doing some of the things we know he's capable of. So that all contributes to it. And then you have Josh Tamayich, who is somebody they didn't really want to play all that much this year. And Sean Obi, who at this point, no offense to him, is a warm body. You know, it all contributes to this. Yet, they still have a chance to win their last three games, which are eminently winnable because Rutgers is bad. Northwestern is also very bad, even though that game is on the road. And then Michigan at home. And Maryland has been very good at home this year. They could still finish this season 9-9 nine nine in conference play with 20 wins. And everybody watching this team, Thomas, is Hugely frustrated with everything and the way that this season has gone. And yet, let's say they win their last three games and they finish with 20 wins and nine in conference. With everything that went wrong, I have to say, that's not as bad as it could have been. Now, they could still lose their last three and it would be 6-10 and 10 and 17-14. and 14, But reasonably, I mean, they've done about as much as you could have asked them to do. And yes, they still aren't very good and Mark Turgeon has... His coaching issues and this team has turnover issues and all the things that have defined it for every single year. But the fact is, they aren't necessarily as bad as it could have been. And with other teams, it can go a lot worse seeing Northwestern and Minnesota as examples of that. Agreed. Um, I think the one interesting part about the Northwestern game is that's going to be in like a high school gym because they're renovating Northwestern's no, arena. No, 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 It's not a high school gym. That's all state. Oh, it's not beautiful. Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, you're right. That's not, that's not right. a high school gym. It'll feel like a high school gym. Yeah. It will. But it's, um, it's in Rosemont, Illinois, where I believe the Chicago wolves of the American hockey league play. Ah, I think Is that where the windy city bulls play as well. That might be actually where they – you know what? I should check this. Maybe – uh, I don't know if – I think that's who traded Diamond Stone. But It might be. The Windy City Bulls do not play there. DePaul used to play there for a bajillion years. The Chicago Sky used to play there. Yeah, remember that? WNBA, right? But yeah. they now play at the new DePaul Arena in downtown Chicago. I think the Windy City Bulls also play there too. Well then. So we're getting what the they the, oh actually no third. they play at another arena in the middle of nowhere in suburban Chicago they play at Hoffman Estate so we're getting the third great third best arena in suburban in Greater Chicago is what we're saying actually no I would call this the it could be the fourth best arena so anyway Maryland is yeah, one and one talking about Maryland arenas. is one and one in like the fourth best arena in a town um that's from the Emerald Coast Classic when they lost to St Bonaventure and beat New Mexico State. New Mexico. Um, or New Mexico, that one. Hard to, hard to get those um, teams mixed up, I understand. Um, it's all right. Yeah, and so uh, it is kind of curious. I, I don't know how much of a home court advantage that will even be for Northwestern. I don't know. How, it, it clearly hasn't been great for them, no. um, especially because they have to travel a long way to their home games. Yeah. Um, but It would be kind of like Maryland playing home games in Baltimore which they've done, but they only do it once or twice, you know. Yeah, they'll do that 
occasionally once a year. My favorite was when they played a home game at Georgetown. Yes, um, that wasn't that far. That's like eight miles. Yeah, but it was a it was a road game, but it wasn't. Yes, but Georgetown has fun. no fans. Obviously, you remember this. Anyway, but 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 at home, I think I think Michigan is probably the one that. Well, Rutgers is bad. Know, is... Okay, Rutgers is bad, but they play good defense. So that's a game where mm-hmm. Maryland could easily get into a game they don't want to get involved in because Rutgers plays and really if, good defense. And if James Palmer can score twenty four points and a half, you know Corey Sanders can do a lot of that. This is true. This is true. But Michigan I think Michigan's interesting. the interesting one. Yeah, because I that think one... Maryland can win that if they play like they've played at home, and they're certainly capable of playing. They could easily win that game. Yeah. I mean, they had no – I mean, against Michigan State, before they ran out of steam, they were up by 13 at the half. So it's not as if Maryland can't chain together, let's say, not 40 minutes, but two 20-minute decent halves and beat Michigan. Northwestern beat Michigan in Allstate Arena, for instance. But those are the final three games and then their Big Ten tournament. I believe right now they sit in ninth in the conference. There are no danger of falling to the first day, uh, pretty much. But if they win their final three, they'll have a chance to be as high as, I'd say, what, sixth? If things go their way, they could be sixth if it all goes their way. But they'll probably end up finishing like seventh or eighth. And amazingly, in the first time in the four years that Maryland's been in the Big Ten, it'll be the first time they don't get a double bye in the tournament. That's pretty astonishing, all things considered. So, for what it's worth, there's that, too. And, Jared, I don't know. Is there anything that you want to see in the last three games of the regular season that shows you maybe this team could turn the corner or get hot at the right time? Because this team hasn't been on a run this year. And normally, every team goes on a run at some point. For Maryland, it hasn't happened. Uh, Is there anything you're looking for to see if they potentially could get on a run towards the end of the year? Um, You know, I think at this point, uh, an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament is absolutely not going to happen. Um, so you're going to have to win the Big Ten tournament if you're going to want to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, so maybe at this point you just don't play Anthony Cowan and Kevin Herter for every second of every game, um, and you let them rest a little bit so maybe they can kind of be rejuvenated to hopefully make a run through the Big Ten tournament. Um, as unlikely as that would be. Um, I don't know. Just, I, I mean, I think at this point it's probably time to start not playing them for every minute of every game so you can, you know, try to make that run in the Big Ten tournament or, you know, hopefully, you know, win the NIT. You know, the, the, best, <laughs> thing, the best thing you can do if you don't make the NCAA tournament is win the NIT. So, uh, Maryland fans will tell you the best thing you can do if you don't make the NCAA tournament is not go to the NIT, is turn it down. <laughs> Well, that's ridiculous, and I hope everyone who says that knows that I think that that's ridiculous. I, I don't know, Thomas. What, what, what do we think about the NIT? Uh, my freshman year, Maryland made the NIT semifinals, which was mildly interesting. But, I mean, it's still the NIT. And, you know, I guess it's technically extra home games, but I don't know if that's going to excite people. In Maryland, if they make it, it's probably a three or four seed in the NIT unless they do crazy well in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I mean, in general, it's not something to get crazy excited over, but it's never something to turn down. It's, it's more. Ex- that. Well, good for them. Indiana, I hope, that they, was I hope they're proud of themselves. The NIT. Well, I hope they're proud of themselves, and look how that turned out for them. Yes, I know. It really was a nice springboard. It was a nice springboard to the following season. Didn't springboard Maryland, though. Fair. Anyway, we'll worry about the NIT when it comes. But if you are 
disappointed at Maryland men's basketball, which mostly all of us are. I don't know how it you wouldn't be. Uh, at least we could turn to the women's team, Thomas, and they're just doing what they do and seemingly getting even better. Again, this is a team. I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to yell and scream at Mark Turgeon for not being able to do anything with the no rotation, you know, your argument's buoyed somewhat by seeing what Brenda Freeze is doing with nine scholarship players that are healthy, right? Yeah, it's it's been really remarkable just what they've been able to do with how little they still really have. Um, and it's it's not like the Big Ten is really all that weak this year anyway. Um, I mean, and they've played some tough road games. Maryland women's basketball is actually winning, you know, all of its close road games. Which I forgot to mention, is, last year on the road in Big Ten play, the guys were 7-2, and two, so... Yeah, it, it's the weirdest, like, one-year turnaround in anything I've seen in a while. Oh, I've seen weirder, but it's okay. It's not on Maryland-related things. Back to yeah, the women's team. Less, yeah. <laughs> um, the, yeah, no, the, I mean, but they're just kind of coming out on top of all of them, and their one loss was uh, to Michigan State at home. They've avenged that. Um, they had a stretch of three straight road games and were able to come away with wins in all of those. And so... You know, really now they're they're just kind of in control. Um, Again, yeah, more so really than the last two years because Ohio State isn't neck and neck with them for the regular season tournament. Ohio State doesn't hold the tiebreaker over them because Maryland killed Ohio State this year. Um, and so, amazingly, this is like the best position, uh, conference-wise, that Maryland has been in. You know, in the last few years. Which, considering how much weaker the roster looks on paper, is is incredible. And they're pretty much at this point, unless they totally collapse, they're a shoe in to host more tournament games at College Park. Which I think you you said throughout the year with the injuries and Eliana Kristinaki not really being able to come in to play until conference season began. Hosting more games in College Park is a great accomplishment, let alone whether they win the Big Ten regular season or tournament or not. Absolutely. What is it about this team that makes them so good, even when it seems that they have a short deck? What is it about the, what is it about Brenda Freeze, the players? What is it about this team that's making it work so well? Let's go with a little deep dive on this if we can. Um, I think to me the thing that's really stood out is that there are so many different players who can be the best player on a given night. And I think a part of that is because they all basically have to play. Um, Chris Tanaki's had some really good games, and she's had some quiet games. Kyla Charles, every big game seems to be incredible. Um, she's also been a fantastic defender all season. And then there's Kristen Confroy, who can get hot from three. Shanice Lewis uh, is more of a distributor, but can um, you know can can score as well. Aisha Small can score. Um, so can Steph Jones and Bree Frazier. Like, I mean, there's just so many different pieces. And last year it was always, you know, the same three sort of players. And so if one or two of them had an off night, you know, just Maryland probably wouldn't have it. But if if Maryland's one or two best players have an off night, then someone's there to pick up the slack this year. I, I think that's probably most of what it boils down to. It's just they're not that 
they're they're deep in their not deepness. In other words, the antithesis of the men's team. Basically. I know, isn't it fun? Jared, I mean I find it amazing, you know, sometimes when you when you look at how fortunes can contrast with the team. And Maryland's women's team is dealing essentially with the same problem that the men's team is. One debilitating injury nine scholarship players essentially they had no depth but this year there were always going to be a problem with graduations and transfers and yet i mean you could argue that this is just an amazing coaching job by brenda freeze and it gives you an idea of sometimes how in one sport i mean again women's basketball isn't men's basketball let's be honest but what brenda freeze is able to do especially when you compare it to what's going on with the men's team and i'm not one who is usually as negative about the guys as i seemingly am on this show it is really amazing to think about it. And now, again, this team could easily and is likely going to win the Big Ten regular season tournament and then could, in the conference tournament, win it again. And they've won it the last three years. And this year, they really have no business being as good as they are and they're this good again. Yeah, I mean, look, you said it all. I mean, uh, Thomas obviously knows a lot more and follows it much more closely than I do. Well, um, we're all going to be following it a lot more closely by the time we get to March, let's be honest. That's, yeah, for <laughs> For sure, you're right about that one. Um, you know, but but it does. I mean, you you said it. it. It really does speak to the coaching job that that she can take, you know, a shortened roster like that and still perform at you know a top what top fifteen level all top year, top ten now. So, um, I mean, I I don't know. I you really said all there is to be said. I don't have to you know go ramble on, but it is absolutely it's a great coaching job for sure. It will be interesting. I think they still have a road game left, Thomas, at Michigan, which will be their toughest test you'd think the rest of the way, right? Definitely. Michigan's another team that's got a really good scoring guard and has a 6'5 post player that Maryland doesn't have an obvious answer for right now. Um, most of what they've been able to do this year is just throw Kyla Charles at whoever they need to, um, and it's to be determined what they do against Michigan. So that'll be that. And then the conference tournament, because of Jim Delaney's wonderfulness, is exactly the same time for the women as it is for the men. And the men's game will get priority on BTN, so I I don't know what to say. Thank you, Delaney. Exciting stuff. It doesn't make sense what they're doing with the conference tournament, but the good thing is they're not doing it again. And I'm very, very pleased with this development. And next year, you could watch the women's tournament first and then the men's tournament, which is what we should have been doing in the first place. Uh, spring sports have started, even though it's still February. Kind of crazy, right? Um, it always does feel a little weird because it's still cold. Well, I, when um, I went to call a Maryland lacrosse game my senior year, it was like 20 degrees, and they postponed it due to cold. Yep. So I mean, I remember... Just Very like strange. going to a few baseball games my freshman year and sophomore year and being like, it is way too cold and windy to be playing like a spring sport. And it was played, in mid-March. They played ba- I mean, you kind of baseball in Cleveland when it was snowing in April, so hey. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Cleveland. I know. Well, different here. So the spring sports have started, which means lacrosse has started, which means that Maryland fans can actually gloat about a sport we're clearly better at than everybody else. That's nice. Let's, they, so can we talk about the women's lacrosse team forcing a running clock after 12 minutes? Really? Did that actually happen? Yes. In a 60-minute game of lacrosse, they forced a running clock 12 and a half minutes into the, into the game. Who are they playing? William and Mary. Oh, my sister goes to William and Mary. I feel bad now. 
Well, I'm afraid her school's women's lacrosse team got dunked on. Well, I think Maryland women's lacrosse dunks on everybody, let's be honest. Yes. This one was emphatic. What was the this score? This one was unfair. Uh, it ended up 18-7, but it was 11 nothing after like 15 minutes, and it was 15-2 at the half. Christ. Yeah, it was 15-2 at the half. Oh, that's just horrible. Yeah, that's, Maryland that's, didn't that's, score that's the, for the last. Where the meme, where the Simpsons meme comes out and says, stop, they're already dead. That's for that, yeah. basically. Yeah, and they did stop. They didn't score for the last 18 minutes, and they still won by 11. That's that's nice of them, showing mercy. <laughs> Sparing people. Well, the men also won two games as well. Yeah, they uh, they took down Navy, who's been better in the past than it seems to be this year, and uh, Marist, who is Marist. Um, yeah, the no, they're the Red Foxes, I believe. Oh, they're the Red Foxes. Oh, the Seawolves yeah. of Stony Brook. Well, I get that Yeah, that's up. what that is. I, I, I should be ashamed of myself for that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those where there's no op, there's no Matt Rambo this year, and so it's there's obviously Connor Kelly who's going to play some midfield, some attack. Jared Bernhardt's playing more attack. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of different pieces Four players have a hat trick so far this season, and they've played two games. Well, that's um, just Maryland, and it's also lacrosse, let's be honest. It's yeah, but I think it's it's one of those that there's no one star that everyone will be focusing on, and it's it's a group of different guys, um, which is, I guess, slightly different from what was the case last year. But I think that might will make Maryland every bit as dangerous. Um because, you know, all those guys, some of them can play attack and midfield. Like, at the, you know, they'll bounce back and forth. And so it'll be tough to really plan for them. Um, still number one. Well, they're number two in, I think, the coaches' poll. And they're number one in another poll. No, they're one in the coaches' poll, two in inside lacrosse. Who's number one? So they're, they're one, two in most of them. You know who's number one in that other poll? Uh, yeah, we don't talk about it. Ah, okay. I see how this goes. Good on you, sir. Good on you for that. Well, as I said, I I, I had my lacrosse Dude. experiences calling it. Yes, I could tell. You're you're right over there. We cut this bit out because uh, you're coughing a lot. Uh, I can I can assure you that trust me, there will be people on this show who will have on that will know more about lacrosse than I do. I had my experiences with that two years ago, and I was heartbroken. So I promised myself I wouldn't do that again, for my own sanity's sake. Uh, Jared, anything you'd like to say about this? Um, I'm just looking forward to like to conference play and and to the uh, the playoffs. I mean, the reality is that this feels kind of like the like the NBA regular season where it doesn't really matter a whole bunch until we get to uh, get to tournament play because that's what we're all here for and. That's, you know... What, you don't want the... Maryland to beat the number one ranked team in the nation, Rutgers, again? No, not really. That doesn't do a whole lot for me. Okay. Um, I'm, I, it's, it's about trophies and rings, and, you know, as fun and as exciting as, you know, some regular season games can get, uh, it's really, you know, it's all about the tournament. True. I think the only regular season game most of us get up for is Hopkins, let's be honest. Absolutely, 100%. I, I've learned that the interesting way when I, I've started calling D3 games in the conference that Hopkins is in for everything except lacrosse. It's 
very, very interesting. Right. right, exactly. Yes. They're actually very good at many sports, too, on a D3 level. Uh, wait, 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 you would have ever guessed that. Uh, football's recruiting final day Palooza also happened, God, it was a week ago already, and Maryland was very quiet, although they did, Thomas, get one player in that they were targeting, and that was Ken Montgomery, the four-star cornerback. DJ Durkin was talking about getting uh, somebody to add into the secondary and to get a four-star corner after one had decommitted. Shows you how good of a recruiter they are, especially with all the changes. Although that was on the offensive staff, not the defensive staff. But still, to pull that rabbit out of the hat at the last minute, shows you how good a recruiter he is. Yeah, I mean, it was clear for a while that he that Montgomery was sort of the backup plan if Boykin de- did, in fact, decommit, which had looked like a possibility for a while. Um, didn't happen before the early signing day. And then happened... You know, obviously in January, and it, it's so kind of weird. It feels like for a team to, for the the backup option to be this four star kid from Florida. Like, you know, in, in the, if you remember the year that they lost the quarterback and the linebacker at the same time, you know, they replaced them with two three star guys who were nowhere near, um, you know, what the first guy was, and then this time. The replacement is you know, just another four-star who, you know, a lot of people think might even have higher upside. I, I kind of liked Boykin better as a prospect, but... I have you know, no idea getting Mon- going to be better. Getting Montgomery is definitely a huge get, especially because that was Maryland's biggest position in need entering the uh, second signing day, and they got that taken care of. They did take care of that. And their class, I believe, according to 24-7, ended up at something like 25th or 26th. Which... They were 28 by the 28. end of the day. Okay. But that was still, I believe, 5th in the Big Ten. Yes. And again, after you have a bonkers recruiting class going into 2017, which was top 20, and you don't need as many players now, still, that's a really impressive recruiting class. And... Say what you want about how things have gone on the field with injuries and coaching staff defections. They can still recruit pretty dang well. And that's something that hasn't changed. And it gives them a chance to be really kind of successful. I know it's way too early to start talking about this. But, Thomas, in order to give a little bit more meat to this discussion, how many of the players that they have recruited in this class are likely to be impact players immediately? Because with DJ Durkin and company – particularly on the defensive side, they've needed to on offense more, but they've never had any problems in playing freshmen in very key roles. Do you think we're going to see a lot of that this year? I don't know how much we'll see. I mean, that's a lot, a lot of that because uh, there's going to be a ton of redshirt freshmen. I think the one true freshman that has the best chance, and I think Jared agrees with me on this, is Austin Fontaine, uh, the highest rated commit. Um, at, at, he's, he's a defensive tackle. Um, Maryland plays kind of a 4-3. I think he can probably slide in at nose tackle and do that pretty well pretty quick. Um, he's not an early enrollee, and so that you know half the class almost enrolled early. Um, so th- that is – I don't know who else will be able to make a huge impact. Probably a couple of the transfers. Marcus Lewis will get a chance in the secondary. Trey Watson will probably – in the mix at linebacker um Rayshad Lewis at, at wide receiver just because Maryland has no like returning experience there 
True. Well, these are all things, I guess, that we can get at more later. But, I mean, the recruiting season just ended. So, it feels our answer. I, I should also say, there's a great article written by our old friend Alex Kirshner on football recruiting and who records, uh, recruits what state best. When that map came up on my Twitter timeline, I was not pleased to see who recruits Maryland the best. It made me very sad and disappointed and depressed. Yeah, so, they have my home state, too. That's even that's just as bad too. It's kind of annoying. They have my home state as well. Yikes! It, it, it just makes me feel really awful about everything. So I added DJ Durkin and said, "Please fix this." I'm sure he took it well. I'm sure he did, but hopefully, I think he takes motivation from that and tries to desperately fix it because uh, uh, I don't like having to look at that. I don't think any of us do, to be honest. <laughs> Correction to the earlier no returning production at wideout. Tavon Jacobs is still listed on the roster. He would be a sixth-year senior. Uh, yeah, to be back. determined, is he? Well yeah. then. That'll be interesting. Anyway. Yeah. No, there's there's plenty of time to work all of this out. So, I one other thing, Maryland-related, we should say. Congratulations to Frank Reich on becoming head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. For your sake, I hope Andrew Luck actually has functioning shoulders. For my sake, I hope he doesn't. But it's good to see Frank Reich having a head coaching job in the NFL. He deserves it. He's been, obviously, a great offensive mind for many years. And uh, hopefully those kind of crazy comebacks he authored with Maryland and the Bills do not happen for the Colts against the NFL team that I root for. The end. He'll have a lot of work to do with that offensive line to make sure whatever quarterback he has does not get totally torn in half. Anyway. You yeah, get that's, over your, that's step one. You cannot get over your biases of the NFL, but hey, maybe Maryland alum and great player Yannick Agakwe will very much hurt Maryland alum uh, Frank Reich's Indianapolis Colts. That would make me quite happy and pleased. Anyway, well, congratulations, Frank Reich, anyway. I will be rooting against him most weekends because he now coaches for a team that I don't like very much. And yet I still somehow pity because that entire situation with uh, – Josh McDaniels was absolutely hilarious. Yep. Anyway, so is that it? Did we get all of it, uh, Thomas? Did we have everything we needed to hit? Um, we didn't talk about Caleb Henderson. I don't really know if no, we. No, we didn't talk have about anything Caleb to Henderson. add about that. I forgot about that. Okay, you're a Caleb oh, Henderson man. expert, so please talk to us about this. Yeah. So me. anyway, so we we tweeted this out, and Caleb. He, the only statement he released was in our mentions and simultaneously my mentions. <laughs> so that must have been interesting for you, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talked to him, you know, later after that. And, you know, it's, it, it is what it sounds like. He was, he was hurt and didn't get the chance that he needed. And he, he is graduating in the spring and he wants to be a coach. His dad's been a coach for like 30 years. And so he's going to, basically try to get that process started um because if if everything goes absolutely south for maryland's quarterbacks like i think caleb's still eligible technically um and you know but, what i wouldn't be shocked if it happens yeah that would be probably the funniest but also saddest outcome and guess um, what? But, we, but most likely he's going to on this show in this exact way we'd say that's the most maryland thing ever Oh, yeah. The grad assistant back from the coaching ranks. The grad assistant comes onto the field and leads Maryland to a win over Rutgers or something. 
Something like know, that. But that yeah. whole situation with Caleb Henderson is just odd, and this was another twist to it. And we're glad we have the internet's only Caleb Henderson expert on this show to explain it to us. Yeah, it was it was some you know I I had an idea that he was somewhat hurt. It wasn't something that I was sure enough to report. I didn't talk to him much during the season, um, so turns out he was like it, it wasn't something he let on. Yeah, because I mean everyone knew he hurt his foot, and that was a tough thing for him to come back from. He also kind of hurt his elbow, I think, during the year, um, which you know never never helpful when your job is throwing the football with your arm. So football, ladies and gentlemen, football. <laughs> I guess that's what that is. Uh, I, I would just hope, Jared, that we never have to see that scenario that Thomas just mentioned on this show, but inevitably because it's Maryland and everything we say on this podcast ends up happening at some point. See if it is from the football season to this element, uh, it probably will. And it's going to be very, very sad and tragic when it does. Well, I think the the good news is, and and hopefully um, it wouldn't even come to that, but Tyler DeSue is enrolling early um, and is already here on campus. And both Piggy and Kasim are allegedly like well ahead of schedule in their recovery. Um, so, and Max Bordenschlager is still here. So, you know, that's awesome also. So hopefully... You know, that's, just that's for every four quarterbacks that have to get injured before Maryland would have to go to Caleb Henderson again. But exactly. in at least exactly. two of the years in which I have watched Maryland football very closely, four plus quarterbacks have been injured. So I'm not discounting the possibility at all that it happens. It is entirely possible. I will say that I am willing and potentially, but probably definitely not able to fill in also. Um, would you so, sacrifice your ACL for the cause, Jared? Look, I would put myself on the field for the cause and just pray I didn't get hurt. Uh, if you're playing quarterback for Maryland, you're going to get hurt. I don't know. Have they ever gone past the fifth quarterback? Maybe that's the 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 trick is be the fifth string quarterback and he won't get hurt. Huh. Uh, I'm trying to think because in 2012 they went through at least four. This yeah, year and they then went through four. Eddie. And then it was Sean Petty. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I went to – Well, I guess technically technically eyes. five even this year if you count Brand as the fifth and Caleb as four. That's right. Brand did play and Caleb Henderson Brand did started play. a football game. He started yeah, a football so all game. All you have to do is be the fifth string quarterback and you'll end up getting to play, but you won't get hurt. So I think that I could fill that role. You might be able to fill out a great role at scout team quarterback. Oh, and Legend Brumbaugh. How could I forget? So there's another yeah. one. So there's five. That is one hell say. of a name, by the way. So, yeah, it is. It is definitely Legend is. Legend so, Brumbaugh, incidentally, is that the most football name you've ever heard? It is. It's one of them, for sure. What is the most football name we've ever heard? Because that's up uh, there. There's a kid who signed with Arkansas this past year whose name is Bumper Pool. That's... I don't know if that's necessarily football. That's more a game. You know, bumper pool sounds like a game we could actually play in the bar. But, no, I mean, the answer to this question, of course, is Jim Bob Cooter. But Legend Brunball is a close one. second. It is. So, yeah, so he would be he would be before me on the depth chart also. So Thankfully, I mean, thankfully. So that's 
five quarterbacks you'd have to get to before you, Jared. They will actually right. come up and call you out of the press box next Look, year. I'm in. I already – I'll go. Send okay, me tremendous I actually content. should say this because now that I've remembered it, a friend of mine who went to Michigan actually once did, uh, I think, some training camps, and I think he might have done two-a-days for Michigan football for a story. So you guys should think about doing that for Maryland. And I know DJ Durkin would probably let it they would not. They would not let happened. us do that. What? They wouldn't. I highly doubt they would let us do that. Yeah, well, walk-on tryouts are the 26th. That's so. essentially what he did. So I think you guys should try that. One of you should sacrifice. Jared? Do I'm it. in. Good. I'm do in. That. Do, it. do that. It will be right. amazing journalism. I got to get, All like, right. a blood test or something first, but we'll figure that out. That's yep. not that bad. I think you can do it. Anyway, as we as this podcast has gone off the rails a bit, it was good to have two other guests on on this show, not just you, Thomas. I think it was great to have somebody else on this show for once. Yeah, absolutely. Someone who could uh, sign up for you know playing quarterback. Yes, and might actually do it. Yeah, because I'm not doing that. The farthest oh, I'm I, going I can't imagine for Maryland. You, I can't imagine you pulling that off, but Jared, I could totally say. I'm glad one of us is brave enough to do it. My eligibility ran out a couple years ago. Yeah, well, Jared's got a highlight tape out, and I don't, so. Ah, he does. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flag football and regular football are basically exactly the same, so. 100% identical in every way. Exactly. So I, I see no difference. Neither do I. And stay tuned to Testudo Times and this podcast for Jared's in-person interviews on how his football tryouts have gone. It's going to be the best podcast we've ever done. Can't wait. I can't wait either. As Bart Scott said, can't wait. So thank you very much for being here. Stay tuned for that on February the 26th or whatever the hell it is. Uh, Stay tuned for other Maryland-related and sundry things as time goes on. Remember, it's lacrosse season now and women's basketball season. So if you're sad, remember that Maryland is very good at those two sports and They'll probably win a lot more than the sports that people care about more, but hey, we're good enough here in this space. So thank you very much for listening. Enjoy that, but of course, no turns.